The Business Animal Podcast is proudly sponsored by WP Engine, your resource for managed WordPress hosting, and Keep, the premier CRM software for small business. Head over to thebusinessanimal.com for the best deals on these two amazing products. Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is trade shows and expos and how to bring the wow to the next one that you do. You know what is coming up, Kara? One of my favorite times of year. Do you know what that time of year is? I, if it doesn't have anything to do with chocolate or being outside with my animals because it's springtime, I honestly have no idea. You're going to have to fill me in. But I'm guessing it's something to do with expos because that's... expo season. Okay, expo season. I should have guessed that. It's expo season. It's expo and trade show season. And weirdly enough, I know that this is going to sound super twisted and there's ones of people out there that are listening to this that are going, man, Kim is weird. But um, I think everyone would probably agree to that to a degree. But I love trade shows and expos. I love going and chit-chatting with people at them. I love doing the sales part. I don't like setting up or breaking down the booth. (laughs) But um, anything else beyond that, I absolutely adore. I love planning for them. I love picking out the graphics for them. Kara and I have both spent way too much time this morning when we should have been recording the podcast talking about a trade show that we're going to be going to very soon called AIM. Animal Image Makers. So that's why we decided to chat about this topic on the show because this is all we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, hour. We've been sitting here planning our Animal Image Makers trade show booth, our expo booth. So we were like, you know what? There's other people that are dealing with this right now in the animal world. So we're going to hop on and we're going to do a quick episode for you guys. (laughs) Absolutely. So we came up with a big three for expos and trade shows. The first one of that is to get your offers together, which is what Kara and I have been working on this morning. How, what are we going to offer? How are we going to focus on that? How are we going to drive the traffic in our booth? And what is the result that we want to get from that? The second thing we're going to talk about today is designing a booth that has an open flow to it. This is a question that I get a lot from people when I talk to them about trade shows and how to do them. They think they just need to bring a table and their first inclination is to set that table right in front of the booth. And we're going to talk about why that's not a good idea. And then also the part of the expo booth that I absolutely adore, and that is doing the sales conversation that you need to have with the people that are coming up. We've got some great tips for you around that. But first, before we even go there, I do want to just address for a moment, why should you even be doing trade shows and expos? Do you have any ideas around that, Kara? What What are your thoughts on why people should do, why are, why are we doing a trade show? <laughs> well, I think there's, I mean, I think there's a lot of different reasons that a business owner would do a trade show or an expo and have a booth set up. I think there's a lot of different reasons. I've certainly done them where I've been selling things. I've done them where I've been trying to gain more 
exposure and meet more people and grow my mailing list. I mean, we just were at Art of the Cowgirl. Gosh, how long ago was that? Several weeks ago now. We were just at Art of the Cowgirl and our main goal and focus there while we were selling Art for the Barn, we were also talking about Cowgirls with cameras and some of the offers that we have and we were growing our mailing list and mostly just meeting people and making connections. So yeah, I think there's a lot of different reasons. So for me, I think trade shows and expos are at the top of my list, especially for new businesses or businesses that are just launching into a marketplace for you to really get kickstarted in in your business. A lot of us today depend on social media. We depend on the internet to bring us our business, but there is nothing that beats that meeting people hands-on, looking at a product or really talking to the person that's providing the service and knows a lot about it. And and, and from a consumer perspective of getting your questions answered and seeing all of your options in one central location. And I know it's been a few years since we've really been able to have a good expo experience with COVID hanging around and sort of dogging us into not having as many live events. But those things are coming back now. And despite the fact that I brought home COVID from Art of the Cowgirl, I think we're all proceeding back to that that situation where we're going to be face to face with each other again. And this is a really important way to be able to promote your business. And there are trade shows and expos too that that happen online. I don't want to discount that. But what we're talking about today are going to be those live events where lots of consumers show up and you have a booth for your business. So let's dive into the first part of the big three, which is to get your offers figured out before you get to the trade show. (laughs) So It's really important to understand what to focus on. If you have a lot of things that you're selling, what I see happens is that it gets really difficult to sell anything. It's sort of like all things in marketing. When you are talking to everyone or have lots of choices, no one listens and no one actually makes a choice. So what I recommend when you book your booth at a trade show, first of all, there's some work that goes into thinking in advance. Is this a good place for me to be? Does it have my target market there? And would they be interested in an offer that I have available? And if the answer to those questions is all yes, then you need to think about what do I want to get out of this trade show? What is my goal? Is my goal to sell products? And if it's to sell products, is there a specific line of product that I want to promote at this event? If I'm selling a service, what do I want people to do? Do I need them to book an exploratory call? Do I need to just get them on my database so I can communicate and follow up with them afterward? So you need to have a clear focus for your booth about what it is that you are selling, what you're offering. So that's your offer. And then how are you going to present that to people? And what is the next best step for that trade show audience to take with whatever it is that your offer is. So if it's an exploratory call, can you sign them up for it right then and there? So you're booking that. If it's a product, are you going to have that product in your booth so you can hand it to them and send them on their way? What are your thoughts around offers, Kara? Well, I agree. Um, After our Art of the Cowgirl experience, I think one of the challenges that, you know, I worked our booth 
most of the most of the week we were there. And I think one of the challenges was we had two things we had as products. One was our art for the barn, which was hanging on the walls, tangible, something they could touch and take or order online. The second piece was we had our cowgirls with cameras information where we were hoping to pull people in or at least give them information about our upcoming workshop. So one of the challenges with having both of those offers was we were talking to two completely different audiences for the most part. And so Marcy and I, who was Marcy was helping at the booth, you know, that was one of our challenges was trying to keep tabs on who was interested in what and getting them into the right funnels at that actual event. So I agree having a small number, something really small that everyone on your team is focused on pushing and promoting and talking about with a consistent message probably would have made that week a little easier for us. Absolutely. You know, this brings to mind to me an experience that I had when I was selling at National Western Stock Show in Denver quite a few years ago, but I was representing a co-op of uh, equine businesses that had kind of bought into doing a single booth around some really nice elite equine products. There was Rock and Jay horse stalls, CSI saddle pads, a product called the Equiface Saver, and some other other really nice products that kind of decided to do a co-op and, and then we just took turns in the sales booth. And that meant that I had a lot of offers to present to people, which presented a challenge. So if you're a business that has that, what you want to do is try to figure out right away or as quickly as possible what they're interested in and then have an offer for that item, right? I would ask the person when they came up to the booth, you know, what kind of writing do you do? I would get them started talking about their equine experience. And then it would be pretty evident pretty quickly what it is that they'd be interested in. And I could shift them to that offer, which I think is exactly what we did at the Art of the Cowgirl booth. We got to know kind of quickly what it is they were interested in and then being able to present that. But the fewer number of those offers that you can get things down to, the easier it is for you to navigate sales in your booth. So it's just simpler if you can reduce it to even one offer. And you know what, for a lot of you who have service oriented businesses, or you're into just the launch phase of your business, it's okay if that offer is just simply to build your database at this event. You don't have to sell a lot of stuff. You don't have to have something that's super complicated. It could just be an opportunity for people to start seeing you, to understand your brand presence, And then for you to consider the conversion in this sale, getting them to sign up for your database. And we had a lot of success with that at Art of the Cowgirl. I was very, very pleased with the number of people that signed up to want to continue to communicate with us after that event. Are you looking to bring awareness to your equine-based product or service or create a unique way for your audience to feel connected to your brand? Quality horse photos tell your story and breathe life into your marketing. They draw your customers in and create an emotional connection. Powerful images communicate your core values and highlight the benefits your product offers, ultimately proving your business is a voice your customers can trust. It's time to use dynamic images that define your small business and separate you from the rest of the herd. Fast Horse Photography's professional photo library features thousands of searchable images available for businesses just like yours. And guess what? 
100% of those images are horse-related. Now, finding the right horse images for your website, social media, and marketing needs is easier than ever. Help your audience see that your brand offers the answers they are looking for. Search for the perfect images for your equine business right now. Spur your customers into action with FastHorsePhotography.com. That's FastHorsePhotography.com. I think the thing that really helped us too is that we spent so much time beforehand thinking about that process and how that would work so that it would be really smooth. I mean, because honestly, gone are the days where you have to, you have a clipboard with a piece of paper where you people are writing their information. I mean, there's so many better ways that you can pull people in and get them right into your system. And so we had a really great system where we were able to pull people's information right in and send it to our CRM so they were in the funnel and ready to roll. So that was super helpful for us as well, is that we took the time beforehand to to figure out how we were going to do that and have everybody that was doing that trained in the system and how to put people's information in and pull that. So that was huge for us. It was huge. And then it also eliminates that horrible experience as a business owner when you get back to your office and you figure out how poor people's handwriting really is <laughs> or how how yeah. different that they write from you and it's really hard yeah. to read the addresses and then you don't communicate and the person on the other end thinks you're just not doing your job because you're not communicating with them. So the goal here is to, to really get it down, to narrow down what you're wanting to do. The second piece of that is to really think about how to invite those conversations to start. And that is centered a lot around your booth design. So I did a lot of trade shows selling CSI saddle pads across the equine experience. And the booths that were set up for CSI were very open. In other words, the product was all against the back wall of the booth. The owner of that company went to extra trouble to always get a corner booth so that the booth was even more open. Now, I realize we all can't have corner booths because there's not that many (laughs) corners in a trade show. But the, the goal here is to remember that people need to get out of the aisle. And back when equine trade shows were all the bomb across everything, and I mean, it just was, you would go to equine affair, and there was just like literally hardly any room to stand in the aisles of the booths, especially as you got towards the middle of the aisle or along the bigger traffic areas. And what would happen is if you were having a conversation with somebody, they kept getting bumped into by the people and it was uncomfortable as the people were moving through. So we learned really quickly how to set up a booth where it had an open space so that people could walk in out of the traffic pattern and be able to stop and chit chat. And it's nice to make that experience as comfortable as possible. One crazy little thing that we learned at the CSI booth was if we put down a foam on the floor of the booth and people step on it, they've been walking on hard concrete, and then they step into your booth and it's automatically more comfortable on their legs, it's a noticeable difference for them. And they'll hang out with you just a little bit longer because they are enjoying the comfort of standing on a soft surface, which was important for us with the saddle pads because that had to do with pressure and all of that. So it was also, we, we turned that into a sales tool. But that's just a cool point of how you design your booth matters for the people that are coming into it. They need to feel welcome. People won't walk through a really narrow space. They've 
got to have a several feet, like a minimum of four feet to feel like they're not like intruding on you. Especially during a pandemic. Yeah, especially during a pandemic. And you don't want to block that front entrance with a table or with something else where it feels like they're not welcome to walk past a certain barrier. So just really think hard about how can I make my booth feel warm and welcoming to people coming into it. And I know, Carrie, you are a warm and welcoming person. So do you have any tips for folks around that? Well, I know that that was a constant challenge for us at Art of the Cowgirl and also at other events that I've done because we had so many large pieces and everything hanging and set up. And then we had so many people hanging around our booth, which is a great problem to have. The way that our booth was set up is that it was easy for people to get in and get trapped inside. And so I do remember spending a lot of time trying to move people through and keeping the open area open for folks. And I think that's probably, that was probably one of the challenges in it. And I've had that issue at other events as well. You do want it to be open. I mean, we've all been in that situation where we've been walking down the expo aisle and the booths are on both sides of you. And there's certain booths that are more inviting for one reason or another. And for me, I am drawn to the ones that have more space that I feel like I can be in the booth, but not necessarily have to have a conversation right away, if that makes sense. Like, I can just kind of pick around and look at stuff and touch a couple things. And that's moving us into, I know, our number three. But, you know, that's a big thing, I think, is you've got to get people close enough to your booth to even start number three, your sales pitch, right? Yeah, you do. You've got to get them in and they have to feel comfortable. And it's also important to understand there are introverts and extroverts in the world. So for me, I immediately make contact with the person in the booth and acknowledge that I'm there. And that's just part of my extrovert where you rely on your introvert and want a little bit more privacy. And as a savvy salesperson, you will start to recognize with body language and with other hints, when is the appropriate time to walk over and start that sales conversation with people? And I do think that moves us into our number three, which here, the big takeaway for this one is, is I want you to move from having a sales pitch into having a sales conversation with people. So many times at trade show booths, it feels like the people who set up booths, especially when they're new, they like got too attracted. I don't know if you've been to like a state fair and they have like the cooking booth that's selling the pots and pans or knives or whatever they sell. And the person sits up there in the thing and they they have a whole sales spiel about this knife cuts, Ginsu knives, cut this. You know, I mean, it's the infomercial kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of businesses when they are new to trade shows, that's the way they set their booth up, right? And you walk in and they just immediately come kind of start into their pitch about their product and they don't take the time to get to know you. As a person who's done a lot of sales, I can tell you that the secret to making sales is not doing all of the talking. It's actually doing all of the listening and then helping guide the person through the sales experience. And that is having a conversation. And when all you do is pitch, then it becomes much more difficult to sell. 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. I am not one that has ever been a sales pitchy person. I do. I like to sell. So for me, even though I'm an introvert, I do like to sell. So, you know, when people are coming to our booth and walking into our booth and we've got art hanging up, we're hoping to sell to someone. I love to use open-ended sentences. So I might say like a question, I might say something like, um, tell me which piece you're drawn to that made you come in. I would love to tell you the story about how that was created. Just something to talk to people about what brought them in and how they're enjoying their day. You know, what do you think about this weather? But trying to use conversation as a way to get them talking. So not asking those yes and no questions like, are you having a good time today? Can I tell you about that piece? Yes. These are all yes or no answers you're going to get from them. So getting them talking, and then having the conversation is the best part. And then you warm up to each other. And the next thing you know, I had, you know, I was standing there telling them the stories behind all the pieces and adding that emotional connection to things makes such a difference then for the next step when you're selling equine art. Every small business owner wants to gain traction in their marketing. After three decades of working with small business owners just like you, I have developed what I call my 4x4 marketing method. In just one 90-minute session, you'll discover the four major focus areas of a successful marketing plan, and together we'll uncover where your business is getting stuck. You'll leave the session with an action plan of next steps that engage your revenue engine. Drop by bemorebusiness.com to request your session today. That's B-E-M-O-R-E business.com. See you there. I don't care what you're selling, starting out with having a conversation with people and asking them a question that they can't answer with yes or no is just a really important piece. And you don't have to start out if you don't like idle chit chat, you don't need to start out with how are you enjoying the weather? or How are you enjoying the trade show? You can go ahead and, and start in like you did. I think that was a brilliant question to ask people, you know, what image were you drawn to in here? Because I'd like to share the story behind it. Or maybe you'd like to learn the story behind it. And it's fun because our images do have some great stories behind them. And we all have uh, special memories of those stories that we love to share with people. But the same is true across anything that you're selling, even if you're selling a widget, you know, I mean, just asking people what their experience is and getting an idea, I mean, of what what either draws them in or what their pain point is on why they walked into that booth because they are they have a curiosity about something and having them explain that to you, it means that you can move the conversation into a conversion a whole lot easier because it feels very special for them. And in all of those hundreds or thousands of saddle pads that I sold or horse stalls or uh, any of the variety thing. I sold carpet cleaning for a while. I mean, it's just crazy the number of things that I've sold in my lifetime. Learning that one secret to stop pitching and start asking and really take the time to listen to the person that is speaking to me and what their needs are and where they're approaching it really helps me guide where I want to take my sales conversation that would be the best thing to help them. The other thing this allows you to do is it it allows you to build a rapport with people that makes them want want to sign up to hear more from you because you've taken an interest in them. So even if they don't purchase, the conversion to them signing up for your VIP list is a whole lot easier because you've listened to them and they do want to be in contact with you again because you've taken the time to get to know them. So I do think it makes a huge difference with being able to get people to turn loose of their email address and sign up for other activities. Well, yeah, because even if they don't end up, you know, buying something from you that day, if there's not a conversion, that conversion could literally be 
that the last ditch is you've at least got them on your mailing list and you can continue to educate them on your product and services and how you can alleviate pain points. I mean, I think that's a win too. And it's okay for that to be the win. Yeah, exactly. It is okay for that to be the win. Kara, you have some really interesting little tips on here kind of underneath all of this that we probably should have gotten to at the beginning. But let's talk about this. I I see on here, so Kara and I have a note sheet that we work off of so that we stay on the same topic because otherwise I probably have a tendency to go chase butterflies somewhere. And um, on as she's talking about social media channels and and promoting, tell us us what your thoughts are around that because that's such a good idea. And I think people just don't always do it. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the events, especially the bigger events, they have tools in place already to help you. So one of the things that I like to think about is if they have tools to help you, like if they have a social media channel that they're talking about, you know, how do you get involved with being a part of their social media channel and their information they're putting out to the world? Also, a lot of times they are using event hashtags now. And if you can plan to build hype before, during, and after the event by posting things that you're doing to prep for the event using the hashtag, asking people, you know, who's going to be at the event and can you, you know, do you want to stop by and see us? And then at the event, look what we're doing. If you're here, stop by and see us, you know, or here's a, you know, even if you're not here, here's a special promo we have going on that you can access during the event or, oh, we're leaving the event. It was a great week. You know, here's some of the wins that we had, like just using those hashtags and being a part of that expo community and ride that wave while it's happening can be really good for your business before and after as well and not just during that time that you're there. And I also like to point out because Kim and I, I mean, we're talking about it, you know, in terms of I feel like because I'm thinking of animal image makers or other big expos that I've been to, like I'm thinking about it in terms of bigger events. But for a lot of animal based business owners, this might look like a small festival in your community. You know, if you're an artist like I am, we have a lot of art festivals here in St. Augustine, and I do have the opportunity sometimes to participate in those. That might not be an event that draws a lot of people, but if I've identified it as an event where I'll see my audience, these tactics and this setup and this kind of prep work for the small level events as well. So if you don't find yourself in a place where you're going to a big expo, but maybe you've got a big, I don't know, if you have a big horse show coming to your area and you have the opportunity to set up a booth there even using some of these tactics to get people in to talk to you you know having beautiful eye-catching signage available so that people are drawn to your booth and they see you and they see your brand and they you know you're getting that exposure or doing some kind of contest or giveaway at the event like these are all things that work for the really small animal-based business as well and can transfer to smaller events if they're appropriate for your audience if your people are going to be there, then you can be there too and get some value from that. I think those are all great ideas. And I, I do think that, you know, we do tend to think about the bigger events being where we want to focus, but I've made some great contacts at small events. And one of my best events that I ever did was a Purina horse owners workshop in Kansas City. And I, I kind of got randomly invited at the last minute to set a table up for my photography. And honestly, I met a client at 
that event that changed my life because they were very well known. And then after that, they introduced me to a lot of other well-known people. So it was a huge break for me. And it was a crazy little table that I had set up. It wasn't even a four foot long table with a few photos on it. And it was covered in a paper tablecloth. Yeah. Gas. <laughs> What's up? Gas. So, so <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not, not um, my finest booth moment, but um, these things allow you to do networking, which you never know where the next big break for your business is going to actually come from. I mean, we can take some educated guesses, but um, this allows you to set yourself up for really opening doors for your business. So I've watched numerous businesses, especially in the animal-based and equine industries, launch their entire success that was able to carry them through everything in the future by focusing on attending trade shows and expos and really learning how to work this system so that they could become successful at it. Well, Kim, I hear a lot of people talk about like they went to an event and they had a booth, but it really wasn't successful for them. Like they didn't get anything out of it. And what I think happens there, and this is from personal experience, is that they weren't doing our big three, right? They weren't, first of all, they didn't have a focus. They were just there for exposure. And I'm using air quotes here, but they didn't have a focus with an offer and they didn't put the time in to really think about how they were going to present that offer. And instead they spent their time sitting behind the booth, not talking to people. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, spend the time in advance, making sure that this event, that your people are there that you have potential clients there and then streamline that offer so that you're ready to talk about it. And you've got the tools in place to either sell, to convert, to get them on your list somehow so that you can convert them later and that you're making those connections at that event. And then, you know, once again, you see the booths, they're set up, they've got the table in the front, they're sitting behind the desk and it's, it just doesn't look inviting at all. Or you're, or people like me that are introverts and they want to sneak up to the booth and look at things first before talking to anyone, you know, that it's set up in a way that people want to, you know, that there's something about that booth that just draws them in. And then the third, have conversations you know, having conversations, sales conversations versus a pitch. And I mean, we all know our products and services, hopefully inside and out. And when that person is ready to chat about that, we'll be ready to chat about that. But you've got to get them to that point and you've got to build, I'm calling it a relationship, but you've got to build a connection, you know, before you can get to that side of things. So that's why I think there are people out there that have those experiences like this was just not a good event for me. And I think a lot of times we need to pull some of that ownership back on us and really identify, you know, what we did to get ourselves there and were we as prepared as we could have been. Absolutely. And it is, it's not good when you walk into a trade show and you're going down the aisle as a consumer and there's somebody sitting in a chair in the back of the booth with just a table with some literature in the front of the, of the booth. It's just not an inviting situation for people. I do have one like really random tip before we wrap up that is specific to that. One of the things that I learned pretty quickly was if you you raise the table up to chest 
height. And then you use director's chairs if you want to sit and talk to people. Raise your table up to chest height and then use director's chairs so you're on eye level with the people that are walking down the aisle. It makes that contact for conversation a little bit easier. It just facilitates it because you're at eye level with them. They aren't looking down on you. You're looking at them straight on. So there's a little tactic that you can use to be able to really help with your booth setup so that it makes it more comfortable for you and it makes it easier for you to make that contact with people eye to eye and start the conversation with them when they're walking down the aisle way. So if you're struggling with that and you find yourself in the back of the booth a lot, try that particular tactic. Raise your table, raise your chair and see if you can get more success that way. I think that these are all great tips and I, like I said, it's one of my favorite seasons out of the entire year trade shows and expo season. I am excited because I haven't been to trade shows and expos just here and there dotted, especially for the last couple of years. And I have, I'm going to Equifest of Kansas. I have um, a booth now at a networking event in Kansas City that I'm excited about. We're doing AIM. There's just a lot of really good opportunities that are coming up where I get to spend in my wheelhouse of, of standing in a booth and ch- chatting with people and doing sales conversations. And they're going to get hit with a double whammy with Kara and I in the same booth at AIM. <laughs> so so be prepared if you're coming to AIM. To and a triple with whammy with Phyllis there. So And a triple. Phyllis is not like... She's so sweet and Southern. She has a whole different style than we do. <laughs> she's She's got this very kind demeanor and people just really are drawn to her. And that's a... So you're saying and, she's less obnoxious than we are? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I probably better get my foot out of my mouth before I insert it yeah. further. <laughs> Exactly. You want to keep doing this show together? You better you better watch what you say in the next uh, two seconds of this episode. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And speaking of speaking of our, our lovely, famous Phyllis friend, we do have another podcast now called Cowgirls with Cameras. And Phyllis is in that one. So just a, a quick reminder that that has uh, launched and to find it. If you have not had enough of Kim and Kara, then definitely definitely go find us on the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast and enjoy listening to us there. And you get to meet our sweet, famous Southern friend, Phyllis. That's right. By the time this episode comes out, the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast will have launched. So we highly recommend and we would love the support of anyone in our listening audience now that needs a second podcast to listen to. This podcast is really geared towards photographers, people who love photography, and specifically equine photographers. So we would love for you guys to join us over there on the show. In the meantime, please reach out to us on social. Let us know that you're listening, what you think about this episode, and we would love to hear your ideas for upcoming shows for the next season. Um, You can find us at The Business Animal on Instagram and Facebook and at um, thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.